Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, we had two brand new episodes for you. In the first, I was joined by Pete from DLT Labs. DLT is a global leader in the development and delivery of enterprise blockchain technologies and solutions. And it was a real pleasure to find out more because I have to be honest, I didn't know a whole lot about blockchain. We talked about its potential to boost collaboration and tackle cybercrime and all of the amazing ways it can help to transform supply chain. It was a really interesting and and thought-provoking episode. The second of last week's show was episode two in our brand new mini-series in collaboration with WiseTech Global. We took on the complex issue of compliance and how supply chain organizations can navigate the ever-changing regulatory landscape that we find ourselves in. We talked about risk, cybercrime, and disruption to reveal the true cost of non-compliance. There was some content in there that might truly shock you. So if you missed either of those episodes, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com on our YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. DLT Labs was episode 368 and WiseTech was episode 369. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community. New innovations and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. Ready to empower the people and improve the processes that grow your business? Esker's AI-driven solutions make it easy by delivering greater speed, strategy, and security across your entire enterprise. Visit esker.com today and learn why Esker is used by finance, procurement, and customer service leaders around the world as their trusted global cloud platform. Esker transform the way you work. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Well, before we begin the show, I'm going to ask you a question. So according to Deloitte, what percentage of firms have supply chain visibility? We talked about visibility and its importance a lot. But how much of the industry is actually achieving it? Well, let me know your guesses over on social and keep listening because I'll let you know at the end of the show. Plus, we have a new review. Care of Queen Mackie over on Apple Podcasts. The title is is great energy and we got five stars. Sarah has amazing energy and love her vibe. She touches on such great topics in the industry. I love that she has created a a community for supply chain leaders. Thank you so much, Queen Mackie over on Apple Podcasts for listening, for supporting us. And hopefully we will see you in one of the groups under the Secret Society of Supply Chain. We would love that. The Supply Chainers, Women in Supply Chain, and the Creative Room. So today I'm joined by a brand brand that says it comes to supply chain. When it comes to supply chain, they believe in power to the people. I am all about empowering people and businesses, so I could not love this ethos more. But why or who does it belong to? Well, I'll reveal it after the poll of the week. So the question that we asked you, which emerging technology do you believe will have the most significant impact on supply chain management in the next five years? 57% after almost 400 votes, 57% of you said artificial intelligence. 24% of you said robotic process automations. 11% of you said blockchain. And 9% of you said internet of things. Well, Thank you so much for everybody who weighed in on the question of the week. And we ask a question every single Wednesday morning. So if you want to be part of that conversation, head over to the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn and Instagram page. So now back to today's episode and which forward-thinking tech company is joining me today? Well, it's Beacon Technologies. Beacon's supply chain visibility platform is a central hub for real-time ocean and air freight tracking, supply chain performance analytics, and carbon emissions reporting. A suite of collaboration tools makes sharing the latest updates with internal stakeholders, customers, and supply chain partners a breeze with no long email chains or spreadsheets required. And it's Fraser Robinson, co-founder and CEO of Beacon Technologies, that is joining me for the show. Prior to founding Beacon, Fraser served as head of business for EMEA 
at Uber, where he led strategy investments and partnerships. And as commercial director of lastminute.com, what an incredible background to bring to Beacon. Well, today, Fraser will be telling me about the career journey, about Beacon and what they do, helping clients cut carbon, and why ERPs aren't necessarily as good as they say they are. So welcome to the show, Fraser. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Lovely to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. I mean, Beacon only launched in 2018, but has achieved really incredible growth in that short period of time. You've won investment from Jeff Bezos, amongst others, and you have a mission to empower businesses and people across the supply chain. And that is, you know, something that really resonates with me, and I'm certain it will resonate with our listeners as well. So I'm really looking to forward to finding out more about what you've done. So let's get right into it. Now, you've had an incredible career with high-level positions at Uber and lastminute.com under your belt. So I'm fascinated by your founder story. What brought you into the world of supply chain and to the point you decided to start Beacon? Um, it's a it's a great question, one that people ask me all the time because supply chain, as I've learned, a lot of the people in supply chain tend to have been in supply chain for a very long time. Uh, there yes. don't seem to be that many new entrants <laughs> into supply chain as a category. And and I, and I have to confess, it's not something I, I expected to be doing when I was at the beginning of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been in, in tech for, for most of my career since the late 90s. Um, I've uh, been in B2C businesses, B2B, SaaS businesses before. Um, but I suppose it was really my time at Uber where uh, I really started to understand and I guess see how technology could influence the way objects actually behave and move in the real world. Um, right. A lot of the tech that I'd been involved with previously uh, was more data driven. It was more sort of, um, uh, you know, empirically driven in that way. And th- the further we got into Uber, um, you know, along comes Uber Eats. Um, at Uber, we launched a business called Uber Freight. Yes. And so in a, in a way, you know, Uber is defined as a mobility business, but, but a lot of its component parts are quite logistics-y, if mm-hmm. you will. Uh, it's about mm-hmm. moving things or people around in a more efficient way. So I think that's where the interest um, first, uh, you know, led me to to look into supply chains. And then the, so the journey just began from there. You know, once you stick your nose in uh, mm-hmm. and you start to have a look and see oh. how things work, <laughs> you realize what a big world supply chain is and how mm-hmm. many wonderful problems there are to to resolve in it. So that's yeah. really how I how I came to supply chain as a category. It takes a hold of you. Supply chain takes a hold of you, and you can't really break free of it. I mean, you can't because it's everywhere. It's everything, <laughs> isn't it? You know, it's it's just it. It is such a foundational component of what we compare. It's the foundations of so much of our world economy, um, yeah. and it's so layered. You, know, you mm-hmm. peel one layer of the onion, and there's another <laughs> twenty, and you just can't help it. There's just so much there. The problem is narrowing it down rather it's than true. trying to find enough to do. That's the hard part. It's true. It's true. Finding that focus after being captivated by supply yep. chain. <laughs> so talk to yep. us about why you think supply chain is broken. What are the historic issues? Mm. What are the new disruptions? And what's your take on the key supply chain challenges and maybe the impact that they are having? I mean, I've been yep. in this industry. You've talked about people being in this industry yeah, for yeah. a long time. I've been in the industry for 25 years. So mm. I've seen it grow. I've been part mm. of that growth in a variety of different ways. So I'm I'm interested to hear mm. what you think is broken and the impact it's having. Definitely. So um, I want to be uh, you know, so upfront. I actually don't think it's broken. Okay. Um, I, I, I think many <laughs> things work just fine, you know. Um, but I think that's true in the world, you know, at, at large. Mm. Lots of things aren't broken. They just could be much, much better. Mm-hmm. And I think supply chain is a good example of, of that, where there are, uh, of course, it, supply chain has been going on for hundreds, thousands of years. Things have been moving around the world and they sort of work just fine but they're constantly improving and i i think what i've observed in supply chains more broadly is that we're at a really interesting moment in 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 the world where technology uh telecommunications um you know the ability to connect disparate and fragmented components right. means that 
we have this opportunity to advance supply chains meaningfully, like mm-hmm. transformationally. And I think those big, those big challenges and problems that I see are, you know, you've got so many people participating in making sure these things get to where they need to be right. or to make sure that you've ordered the right amount of stuff from the right manufacturer or that you've chosen the right route mm-hmm. or the right carrier. So many component parts that sort of work. Um, but as I sort of look into those, you realize more and more that most of the problems in supply chain are data-related problems. That right. They're all motivated by data and information. Mm-hmm. And there is so much inefficiency in the world of supply chain. Um, and you see that if you make even incremental changes, they are meaningful in a global sense. So technology is at this weird crossroads where I think the advent of mobile phones, smartphones, uh, GPS tracking technology, carriers and businesses are publishing more and more data. You have this proliferation of tech and hardware and adoption that means you can really start to capture data in mm-hmm. supply chain to make real meaningful change. And I, I think that, so it's not that it's broken. I just think there's an opportunity now to extract a huge amount of the inefficiencies that exist. And it's not just inefficiencies in terms of are things running on time. It's also inefficiencies in terms of how people in supply chains work together, mm-hmm. how they collaborate. You know, lo- yeah. looking at the sign behind you, <laughs> collaboration, the future of business, collaboration is the future of supply chains. And I, yeah. and I think that that has been a big piece that's not been really optimized to its fullest. Uh, and that's, that's a huge opportunity for supply chains, like, like many other industries, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of traditionally, there's been a lot of finger pointing in the industry, you know, when it comes to at least the movement of freight, because that's my background and that's where I come from. And you're right. I think the collaboration is the movement of the industry forward. But it's how do we do that? Because now people are looking at supply chains as a competitive advantage for their business. And so do we want to share that data? right? How much do we want to share? How far will we meet somebody in the middle? And how far will they meet us as well? So there's a lot of push-pull here. There's a lot of discussions Mm -hmm. being had. There is a lot of data, which is great. Mm -hmm. I think the industry is still trying to grapple, you know, how to use it, how to best use it, where to use it, because it's a domino effect, right? It is a domino effect. You're absolutely right. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll sort of start start that that question with um, talking about carriers, which is, a, I think, the, the first question people ask about supply chain data, because the, the, you know, the D word, the data word, it's like everyone talks about data. Well, what, what data are you talking about right. precisely? You know? And what so, are you doing with it? <laughs> and what are you doing with it? So, so you know, the first thing I think is really important to, to highlight is the proliferation of data that today is being provided by at origin, meaning who's actually moving the stuff around and how mm-hmm. do you track the thing that's moving now yeah. with uber where i was previously you know the transformational moment was the intersection of smartphones and google maps and every driver having a smartphone means suddenly you kind of know where the car is and that's the data point where is the vehicle mm-hmm. and carriers certainly in in air has been going on for a lot longer but but ocean have the ocean carriers have become a lot more um, a lot stronger at publishing data around the whereabouts of containers or the vessels and so on. And this is some of the data we're talking about. And when people sort of say to me, well, what's in it for the carriers to start publishing APIs with their data and so on, the whereabouts of the container, why should they? Um, You know, the way I I would argue that is it makes you a better carrier. It makes you a better service provider if you can provide your customer with all this information that lets them know where their stuff is, when's it going to arrive, has it changed, and why. These are not things not to share. These are things that make one carrier a more competitive business to another one. And and I would argue that businesses now demand visibility. They want that information. And they're more likely to choose you as a carrier if you can provide that data and visibility that makes their business better. So I think once the horse is bolted, you know, once once it's got, once one person does it, yeah. everyone else has to follow, or or you are at a competitive disadvantage. Absolutely. And I, I think that's that's how I would view: should we or shouldn't we publish our data? 
I would argue it makes you a better service provider if you do. I agree with that. So let's get down to business. Introduce us to Beacon. Talk to us about who you are, what you do, how do you help tackle some of the issues that we've been talking about for your customers? For sure, for sure. So Beacon is a um, carrier and forwarder neutral supply chain visibility and collaboration platform. And I, I like to start with carrier neutral because that's exactly what we are. We uh, we really work with the BCOs, the shippers themselves. Um, these are the businesses at the end of the day who are the ones whose goods are being shipped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are the ones whose businesses can be improved and who can turn a supply chain into their strategic advantage, competitive advantage. So they're the ones that seem to be lacking the technology most of all. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, we work with carriers and forwarders and and so on, but our role here is to bring complete transparency to all parties involved in supply chains, not just for the logistics companies and the carriers and so on, but for the end customer as well. Um, And what that means is we provide visibility, and collaboration. Visibility is a few things. And I, I think this is a really important point to make because yep. I think it's a, a much used term and often misunderstood. Um, in our world, visibility is not just tracking. Okay, so track and trace, absolutely vital. Where's my stuff right now? When's it arriving? All those wonderful things. Uh, and Beacon does provide that in our platform uh, for our customers irrespective of which carrier you work with. You can have multiple forwarders, multiple carriers, doesn't matter. As a customer, you can see all of that in one place. You're tracking, if you will. Um, but visibility goes beyond tracking. Visibility extends all the way into not just what's happening now, but what happened last month, what mm-hmm. happened last year. Are there patterns emerging? Mm-hmm. Can we have visibility into how we're performing versus our peers? Right. We have a benchmarking report in there, which is not just what did we do, but how did what we do compare to what everyone else did last month? Right. Okay. Good. Are transit times good or not? We don't really know. We know right. how they compare That's to true. ourselves, but how's it compared to everyone else? That's mm-hmm. a true measure of company right. performance. And then the third layer of visibility, which I think is critical, is it's not just about being able to see what's happening now and what happened but making sure that the other huge problem in supply chain is solved, which is how do you disseminate that information so that everyone who needs that visibility has that visibility on their terms. Mm -hmm. And that's the collaboration piece, I think, that sits within our platform as well. So so visibility for us is is a much bigger thing. It's really about visibility into your business Mm -hmm. and how the things are moving and the impact it's having and how you're communicating, not your simple track and trace portal. It's, right. it's got that, but it's it's a lot more than that. Well, and I like that you're talking about historical data, because I mean, if the pandemic has taught us anything, we can learn from, you know, what we've done right, what we've done wrong, and it can really help drive the strategy moving forward, or even some changes that we can make and the impacts that that will make into our supply chain. And then, you know, you also talk about benchmarking. Well, what Mm. is everybody else doing? You know, you're right. How, like, are transit times, how do they compare to what other people are doing in our particular trade lane? Or maybe we're looking at a supplier in another region and we want to know what that transit time could potentially look like. Or we start shipping from there and we want to make sure that those transit times are also, you know, benchmarking against what everybody else is doing in the industry. And that gives you data that you can actually go back to your carriers, your 3PLs and forwarders to say, hey, you know, we've got this benchmarking data that really shows that, you know, we've got two days extra transit time. I'm not sure what route you're taking, but let's try to shorten that because we need we need to make sure that we've got a buffer on this end. And so it really changes the conversations and the dynamics with your service providers. Now, you say that you work with large to small um, companies. Who is yep. actually your ideal client? So if I'm sitting there yes. thinking... You know, I really like what you're talking about, but I'm not sure if, yeah. if I'm the right fit. Is it for me? Yeah, of yeah. course. And that's a, that's a great question. So uh, the, the the aspiration, quite frankly, was not where we are today. In my mind, every company on the planet that imports or exports stuff should yeah. be using 
Beacon or a platform like Beacon, right? but but really, really, it's something that's universal. If you are in the business of shipping stuff, ocean, air, road, what have you, you there is a common baseline set of problems that that need to be solved and questions that that people have. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, starting with you know everyone everywhere at all times is is a lofty ambition. Where we've begun our journey, it's still a, a hefty slice. But really, our customers begin at around in that mid market, around at the lower end, anywhere from fifty to one hundred million dollars of turnover is really where our customers tend to tend to begin, um, and then moving all the way up until we've got customers doing you know billions of dollars a year of, of turnover. So it's really a, a lower end of the threshold, uh, and the reason why we drew the line there is that the type of problems or challenges that businesses have at the SME end of the spectrum yeah. are. are markedly different from the challenges that businesses tend to have when they are and they've hit that 50 100 million dollar right. turnover mark mm-hmm. after that point it's sort of similar problems but they just get bigger you know right. and more complex but they're of the same nature so that's our sweet spot right now we cover um, most verticals uh, chemicals companies uh, food and beverage retail um, fast i mean we've 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 got a, a huge array of customers customer verticals um and you know, but I do have that SME itch, so uh, I think watch the space. I think in the in the coming year or so, I'm hoping we can we can uh, start to address those problems too for the smaller businesses. Stay tuned. So vegan, yeah, vegan covers four core areas. So tracking, which you mentioned earlier, analytics yep. we haven't talked about, collaboration yep. you also mentioned earlier, and carbon, yep. which we haven't talked about. And so yep. I want to dive deeper into a few of them with you today. So first, tracking yep. because you track. 98% of the world's ocean and air yep. carriers. And that is rising. I mean, you've only got 2%, but that's still rising, apparently. Yeah. But it's not it just, you know, knowing where your shipments are, which is what you mentioned yeah. earlier. It's also yeah. about comparing performance, getting notifications to stay up to date, yeah. and keep your team in, in the loop. So talk to us about your tracking software. What are the benefits? Yes. Um, and, sure. you know, I think you also talk about deep visibility uh, to customers' operations. So talk to us about that because you already explained visibility. But now yes. I want you to explain the deep visibility part, part yes. and how that's helping your customers' operations. Yeah. Uh, so talk to us about all of that. I know that's a lot to unpack, right. but I really want to do a deep dive into that tracking part of your software. Yes, perfect. Thank you. So, so tracking um, sometimes you know, sometimes known as uh, track and trace. I mean, it's a various sort of sayings for it. Uh, tracking is really the foundation of of everything, and it's this innocuous thing that people think of as, as tracking. You know, it's, it's just tracking, yeah. right? It's just tracking. Now, there's two components here that are important. First of all. Um, you know, businesses around the world, they go, we need to know where everything is. We need to know where everything is. Uh, and so, of course, all the carriers and forwarders go around and they, they're building tracking, track and trace portals. And suddenly mm-hmm. everyone's got a track and trace portal. Uh, but, but then what happens is you've got companies going, well, I've got lots of carriers. I've got lots mm-hmm. of forwarders and they change quite a lot. Now I've got the multi-portal problem, which is I've got <laughs> How 10 many portals. Tabs? I- I've got 10 portals I need to log into. Okay, so right. you get this, this layer problem. You know, mm-hmm. One solution creates another problem. Um, and so, you know, we came along and as you as I've said, we're carrier and forwarder neutral. So we sort of sit on top of all of those okay. sources of data mm-hmm. and allow our customers to solve, first and foremost, the multi-portal problem. Now I can have all of my real-time tracking data in one place that I can view consistently and it also means we can pull different data sources in many instances for even the same goods so that hmm. we can actually triangulate. Is this e- We've got a couple of different ETAs for these goods here. We've got a couple of different results here. Which ones do we think are the most accurate ones? So bringing multiple data sources together, solving that, mul- that multi-portal problem means first and foremost on the tracking theme, our customers can have one reliable single source of truth. The second thing about having this innocuous tracking thing, it sort of slightly pains me whenever a, a prospect says that they, um, you know, we, we go and we get log into our carrier portal and to, to get our visibility. And it, it pains me because, because it, it's like you're leaving the most valuable thing you have 
somewhere else, which is your data. Mm. It's a pain okay. when that happens. Fair. And, and when you're when you are using a platform like ours and you're tracking real time, what you're also doing at the same time is building a repository of your supply chain data. It's yours. It's structured. Mm. It goes with you everywhere you go. And now you can use it to understand what you've done historically. You can run your reports. You can run analytics. If all you're doing is going and logging into carrier blank you know, brackets carrier.com to do your tracking, all of that information remains there and huh. you've left it behind. It's almost like a CFO at the end of every year. Imagine if they deleted last year's Excel spreadsheet for everything that you right. did. And each new year, you start from scratch. And I, I think it's really important that businesses take charge of their mm. supply chain data and don't leave it elsewhere. So tra tracking is this multi-layered thing that on the face of it is this simple, lovely, where's my stuff right now? But actually beneath it, it's actually building your supply chain data warehouse and leveraging that to make your supply chain better. It's a very important, new, fairly nuanced point that is often missed. That is absolutely missed because I have not spoken about that yet or really, you know, heard about that. But you are absolutely right. I mean, we do need to hold on to our gold, which is the data that we have. And yeah. if we are giving it away to somebody else when we go to their website to be able to track it. I mean, when you first started talking about it, all I could think about was the 15 tabs I have open and how right. many times I have to go in and log in and put in a container right. number or whatever that looks right. like to be right. able to um, track my shipment. But even more importantly than that, you're right, you're leaving the data behind. And yep. if you need to go and get a report from that particular website, you have to go through them and they are going to take however long that they want to take, right, to get yep. you that report. It may yeah. be accurate. It might not be accurate. How would you know? Because you really don't have the data in your own repository. And so that is a really, really great point. And it actually, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier in the fact that nobody necessarily wants to collaborate on data because they're afraid mm -hmm. that they're going to give away the farm. Mm -hmm. But some people already are by going yeah. to other people's websites instead of keeping it. It's, it's, the, it's the inaction. It's not right. even that it's not even that they're it's you're leaving it behind, you know. Yeah. And I think that that's the great the tragedy for me. And you're in a world of of you know, and AI whenever you think this is going to happen, some say sooner, some say later. Mm -hmm. If you have in supply chain or any other business, if you have any aspiration to have automation exist within a business unit. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter how great your chat GPT model is. No data, no automation. And so right. it's really time for businesses to start owning their data and keeping it and not leaving it somewhere else. It's an innocent mistake, yeah. but I see it happen every day. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about collaboration and carbon. Yes. So uh, in respect to collaboration, um, your solution talks about improving it both internally and across supply chain partners. And yes. then also you've got a carbon component that I think helps your clients meet their ESG goals. So talk to us about those two features. Sure. I might start with the carbon one first because I think it follows on so from Perfect. the data point, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about this multi-portal problem for tracking. Um, funnily enough, the same problem exists for carbon emissions reporting. The, the okay, thing fair. about as a business, if you're a, a shipper or a BCO, um, you know, you probably use multiple carriers, you know, multiple forwarders and so on. And no question you're going to get, you know, carbon reporting from these various carriers you work with. But but you're back in this world of how did they calculate it? Is it calculated the same way? Right. Which methodology did they use? Now I've got to consolidate all of these different reports into mm -hmm. one report. And I'm kind of like, I, I don't know, is this apples to apples or not? I, I just don't know. Sure. Um, and so one of the one of the you know happy accident benefits of being a single source of tracking for all of your company's goods is that you are simultaneously also able to provide a single, unified, consistent way of calculating your carbon emissions in one place, by route, hey. by carrier, by vessel. <laughs> uh, and that just makes everyone's life a lot easier. And I think it, it just does. makes the reporting more credible mm -hmm. and it makes the offsetting more doable. 
you've got to be able to bring it all together into one place in a simple way. And being at the top of the visibility food chain, it gives you that ability. And so yeah. we, we we provide that for our customers as well, which is which is great. And they well, seem and to appreciate that. We want to make it as easy as possible because we of want course. people to start making changes so that the future is bright for everybody, right? The planet, et cetera, et cetera. It's a good but thing, if, definitely. Yeah, if we make it too difficult or too manual mm. or too time-consuming, yeah. right? Yeah. If you're a logistics person, you think about all those tabs and logging in and putting in the data mm. and getting the report... You know, that takes time. And so if we can time. make it easier for people to mm. meet those ESG goals and understand their carbon footprint, yep. then we're going to see more companies jumping on board and making sure that they're utilizing that data. Of course, so I love and more that. offsetting. You know, it's, all, it's, just, it's just about where you are in the food chain. And you can see the problem. You know, if you work with 10 different carriers, you're getting 10 different carbon reports. Right. I mean, that's just the beginning of the problem. And that's the pile. Um, that's the, that's the pile of the data and the, the, the paperwork and, you know, that you got to shuffle mean, through. <laughs> you know, everyone's busy. Everyone's got a lot going on. Here's another yeah. pile of things you've got to consolidate. Yeah. On the on the collaboration th theme, I think this is, again, really important. Um, look, this is not a theme that's, that's new. Um, you know, there are many uh, incredible cloud-based, you know, providers of, of work efficiency tools out there. I mean, you list them off at Google worksheets microsoft 365 you've got your your slacks your your jiras mm -hmm. you've got untold number of collaboration platforms that take advantage of cloud computing and supply chains are, i think are one of the best use cases there is mm. for the need to collaborate um, you have extreme fragmentation of teams you have extreme fragmentation at times of time zones and you've got a bunch of different groups of actors all who are working towards a single goal, a shared yes. goal. They've all got a different job to do around this one thing, which might be a shipment or a PO or whatever it is. And it's really hard to bring all of those actors together to make sure they're all looking at the same thing. Because that's mm -hmm. really all we're talking about here, is making sure everyone's looking at the same thing and talking about the same thing and can ask questions, attach documents and do what you need to do. And so by creating, um, we've, we recently launched a product called Beacon Boards, which I'm very excited about, which really inverts the collaboration theme and, and leverages what we've learned from some of the grades and empowers teams to create unique custom views or boards, uh, Beacon Boards, which means teams can all look at one set of things. Maybe it's a show me all my stuff going into Felix Doe from Yan Tian. Just let, okay. let's get that board going and let's all join that and communicate mm -hmm. and, and comment in it. Or let's create a live tracker that shows globally any of my containers that are currently tracking more than six days of D&D &D, you know, right. live. Mm -hmm. Okay, that team who cares about that can look at this. And what it does is it means that we can fill the void between all those teams rather than the inverse solution, which is give everyone a login to a right. complex portal that they don't really know how to use. Mm -hmm. Nobody really wants to do that. So by pushing the information out, like a Google Doc, mm -hmm. you know, or, or, or like a Miro board, it means that groups of people who have a shared interest in a supply chain theme can gather around that theme mm -hmm. rather than get stuck in email and that back and forth and so on. Right. So I think this collaboration theme is is um, it's one that our customers um, speak a lot about. Mm -hmm. um, deep frustration with the frequency with which things change in supply chain daily, sometimes yeah. multiple times per day. The number of times people have to be updated, everything's changed, which spurs a whole slew of questions that then comes back. And it's just lots of churn and conversational churn. So I think helping to solve for that collaboration problem is the one, mm -hmm. one of the things I'm most excited about because I think visibility, you know, where visibility ends, collaboration really then begins. That's that's almost an equal problem in terms of size and importance. Yeah, and you think about project management tools and communication totally. tools, like you mentioned, that we use yeah. for so many other things. You know, why yeah. can't we use that for supply chain? Because really, Correct. at the end of the day, it's a series of tasks 
That we need to move this one thing through each task to be able to make sure that it gets done in completion and successfully. So I really like that. And I can see where a lot of people will be able to benefit from that. Now, you've got some case studies on your website. So can you bring everything we've talked about to life by sharing one with us? How did you work with a customer and what was the ROI or benefit that they saw from working with you? Yeah. So... This is really interesting because, and, and I'm, I'm pleased about this, but the, the benefits and the ROI for so much of what we do are so consistent across our customers, as, even in segments. It could be food and beverage customers. We've got um, uh, you know, so chemicals, um, clothing. And what's fascinating is that it tends to congregate. The benefits tend to congregate around a couple of key themes. Okay. Um, on the extreme ROI, highly measurable end of the ROI spectrum, which we love, right? Because productivity has always got this question mark I around. Okay, what is the okay. ROI? Yeah. <laughs> but at yeah. the extreme end, you know, of our platform, you've got our detention and demurrage, you know, tracking, which mm-hmm. allows businesses to monitor each container, each shipment mm-hmm. down to the, the day and set their thresholds for whether they've reached certain levels. Um, and this was particularly valuable, you know, not not that long ago when D&D was a big deal and freight rates mm-hmm. were in a very different place. Yeah, you know, We saw customers reducing their de- detention and demurrage um, 10, 20, 30% just because they knew mm-hmm. what the actual detention and demurrage was. And that's a and lot of money. Able, and they were able to challenge mm-hmm what they were receiving from the carrier or the forwarder. You, know, okay. you often get told, well, the D&D is this. And to be able to say, let's just hold on, let's check. You know, mm-hmm. to be able to go in and challenge these things is very important. So bringing down those D&D charges mm-hmm. was very meaningful, has been meaningful. And a corollary to that was it now empowers our customers to go into a contract negotiation with a carrier, knowing historically how much D&D they actually need yeah. and being able to have a more informed conversation about the nature of a contract. You know, mm-hmm. you say, a carrier might say, well, we're going to offer you this rate and we're going to throw in, you know, eight days D&D. Isn't that great? And you're able to go in and say, we only ever use three on that right. particular route. Let's talk about bringing that down and maybe lowering the price. So there's sort of a hard money cost-based ROI that we've seen at one end of the spectrum. At the other end of the spectrum, by solving this multi-portal problem, um, we've had customers say to us that they have reduced the amount of time they spend on the tabs you've just described by, in some instances, up to 80%. So this is a huge reduction of time spent toggling back and forth. In some instances, they don't even do it anymore. They've gone from 10 tabs to one, Mm -hmm. and it's the beacon tab. Right. And so there's a huge shift in that. And then when it comes to pulling reporting, carbon reporting, you know, monthly, quarterly reporting on volumes and transshipment and all the rest of it, um, again, huge time savings, 10, 20, sometimes 50% reduction in time spent creating these sorts of uh, this sorts of output. So the ROI for our customers has been uh, very measurable, very high. Um, and uh, the R part of ROI, the the, the return, uh, sorry, the the I part, the investment part, I think they've seen uh, a very very high ROI, sort of you know five, six, ten times return on their investment. So I think it's Amazing. been very measurable and and high, which is yeah. which is encouraging. Absolutely. And if anybody wants to find out more or take a look at some of the other case studies on your website, they can go there to find out more. Now, a lot of what we've talked about today revolves around data. And Mm. ERP systems aren't necessarily solving as many problems as maybe they say they can. Why Mm. is that? And how are supply chain visibility platforms like Beacon helping to solve this big data challenge? I know we talked a lot about it at the beginning, but bring it full circle for us. Yeah. So uh, it's very simple. It's just not what ERPs are built for. Mm. Um, ERPs are built to, I I like to use the analogy of an ERP is like a photograph. It's a snapshot in time of your business. What Mm -hmm. do my inventory levels look like? Where are things, you know, how have, what are the new dates? Um, what have we got on back order? How many SKUs are in the system and so on? They're, They're snapshots. 
uh, a visibility platform like Beacons is more like a film. And it's, mm. it's recording change over time. It's recording every event, every milestone, every change. It helps you to dive in and see how did we get here, not just where are we now. And so this is a, a very, very meaningful uh, departure from how an ERP works. And by the way, no discredit to an ERP. That's just not what they're designed for. Right. And, and you know, the Beacon Visibility Platform is designed to complement an ERP. It's not meant to be instead of it. It's meant right. to sit alongside Integrate. it mm -hmm. and provide a much more three-dimensional view of the changes happening rather than just a snapshot of where are things right now. And, and that's that's just a fundamental difference of data model, construct, and philosophy. Um, and and that, that's the difference, I think, fundamentally. Well, and, you know, that's part of the collaboration, I think, that you talk about both internally and externally as well, because yeah. it's not just collaboration with suppliers, etc. It's also the collaboration with other technology platforms. Definitely that you have and that your teams are using so that they can yeah. all speak together. Now, when I was doing research for this episode, I found that you talk about empowering businesses, large and small. You talk about mm. bringing the power back to the people. Why is yep. that so important to you? And what impact will giving that power back have on the industry, do you think? Great question. Thank you. Um, so one of the things I love about supply chain is its sheer scale. Mm -hmm. it, it, it really, we talked about this at, at the outset. It sort of underpins so much of the world that we live in. And as a result, it's got so much potential to be better and to do good for the world, the way mm -hmm. we live, the way we interact, um, the way the environment, you know, behaves. I mean, I think supply chains are, are at scale. And when you can make improvements, they have meaningful impact on the world at large. So there's a there's a big opportunity there. And I think the way e-commerce has evolved and the way the world has shifted, there is this secular trend in the world today, which is the rise of the SME, quite frankly. The, mm -hmm. the individual, the entrepreneur is increasingly empowered to build businesses that can scale with mm -hmm. not a lot of people. We're not we're no longer in the in the age of only the corporate can succeed. You know, the the small uh, enterprise can also succeed, and many tech businesses uh, are in are in the business of empowering everyone, so that every business, every individual can operate on a level playing field. And I think supply chains should really be no different. They are mm -hmm. the ultimate um, oligopolies. Uh, there is um, you know mass advantage to being at scale, but with technology, um, the e-commerce businesses, the rapidly growing underbelly of smaller businesses can also have access to the same benefits and the same opportunities and the same efficiencies that the big guys can. And mm -hmm. I think supply chain is no different in that respect. And, and I think to be able to expand our product to empower small businesses um, would be would be a wonderful a wonderful thing, and I and I really yeah. do aspire to do that. And I hope we can get that. But it's it really should be for everyone the same kind of visibility and mm -hmm. ultimately automation of supply chains. It uh, it should be something that the small businesses should should have access to as well. So yeah. fingers and crossed, we'll see. And well, and leveling the playing field, right? Level Bringing everybody field. together because there's room right. for everybody, and yeah. it's great to see that we can also all play in the same sandbox, right? That's right. They are the most rapidly growing segment of commerce today. Is the SME and amazing, e amazing. So. Um, we've come to the end. And so my last question to you is a little bit about the bigger picture. How mm. does the problem um, space that you're focused on at Beacon, how does that mm. sort of interplay with everything else that's going on in the world and in mm. business right now? Where do you see everything right now? And where do you see everything in the future? Definitely. So, I mean, it would be remiss of me to ignore the, you know, the elephant in the room in any tech conversation these days is automation and right. AI and all that stuff, you know. Now, wherever you are on the belief spectrum uh, or the when spectrum, uh, it's it's unavoidable. And that conversation has begun. And I think supply chains present a very interesting opportunity in the sphere of, of automation. 
Um, but as anyone will tell you, the core of any automation is data. Mm -hmm. So by investing in building that data-centric approach to your supply chain, to your logistics operation, to all of those component parts, you're building an incredible foundation mm -hmm. that will give you, at some point, at the time of your choosing, it will give you the option to be able to start to invest in automation in corners of your supply chain to experiment, to see if there are gains that can be can be uh, discovered or un unearthed by introducing automation. Make it more so, fun. <laughs> make it more fun. So I, I really think this automation theme is, is relevant in supply mm -hmm. chain. And I, I know it sounds pie in the sky because I think a lot of supply chain businesses are still saying, well, look, we're still getting off the spreadsheets. Right. But if you start building that data-centric approach, the automation will come faster than you think. And so mm. I think it's a really exciting vector for the supply chain. And, and I don't just mean robot warehouses. You know, when we talk about, when right. I talk about automation of supply chain at Beacon, we talk about becoming a supply chain recommendation engine. Okay. If we have the data mm -hmm. and you start planning your shipments or your routes or your suppliers next year, if we have historical data, we can start to recommend when you should be ordering things, mm. in what quantities and from who and at what price and on what routes. And those are all automated recommendations that are built on the shoulders of the data that you can build. And that is why accumulating that data is so vital for businesses. Yeah. So, so that I think is a really interesting future for supply chain. It and absolutely does. And I love the recommendation piece because a lot of my time when I was in logistics was cu customers coming to me and saying, we have this, it needs to be here by this date. You know, should we ship by ocean? Should we ship by air? How long is that going to take? You know, what's the yeah. pricing? And that all took a lot, a lot, a lot of time. And mm -hmm. so I love the recommendation piece. So for years, the supply chain has been troubled by inefficiencies and delays caused by a lack of communication across teams. And data and power has only been in the hands of a competitive few. For businesses, this has made the process of moving goods across the globe painful and slow. But with Beacon, things are changing. Drawing from a background in some of the world's most successful tech companies, Beacon's aim is to create positive change for teams across the supply chain, improving the processes and giving the power back to the people that move goods across the globe. And did you have a guess at today's big question at the top of the show? I asked you, according to Deloitte, what percentage of firms have supply chain visibility? Well, it's only 13%. Only 13% can map their entire supply chain network and up to 22% have no visibility at all beyond their immediate suppliers. What do you think? Does that surprise you? Well, if you want to find out more, you can check them out at beacon.com. And a massive thanks to Fraser for joining me today and to the team at Beacon Technologies for making this episode happen. Fraser, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you would like to hear more, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and the brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest. And if you're looking for a supply chain solution to your challenge, we've most likely had them on the show. So make sure to use the search bar on letstalksupplychain.com to come up with that content. And you can listen to it before you even get into the sales funnel to see if there's a fit. And 
remember to come back later this week for the episode three of our Wise Tech mini series. We touched on risk last week, and next week we'll be diving even deeper to talk about why we all need to change the way we view risk and logistics. As digital transformation continues to be top of mind for supply chain professionals, we'll, we all need to get clear on the risks that are going to be part of all of our futures. Now, if you enjoy the show, there's a few ways to support us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. We're also over on TikTok. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, and subscribe to our newsletter at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch on letstalksupplychain.com under our shop. And if you join our newsletter, you actually get our supply chain dictionary for free. And when you're looking for cutting-edge resources on innovation and trends across supply chain, where do you go? Well, we all know you come to Let's Talk Supply Chain for a podcast, but what about a collaborative hub that brings the people in the community and ideas together in an environment that's safe yet stimulating for everyone? Well, welcome to the, the Secret Society of Supply Chain. Now, The Secret Society of Supply Chain is made up of three groups. One is the Supply Chainers, where you get exclusive content and best practice details from some of the biggest leaders in supply chain today. Plus, you get a way to network online with other supply chain professionals in the industry. The second group is our monthly meetup for women in supply chain, specifically to uh, tackle professional and personal development, and it's professionally facilitated, it is a do not miss. And then third, we have the Creative Room, which is a monthly meetup for marketing professionals in supply chain, which I will be running. And we're going to have experts, you're going to be able to talk to clients, potential clients, and we're really going to bring bring everybody together to really learn from one another and really elevate marketing in supply chain. So I hope to see you all there because I'll be popping into every single group all the time. And if you have any questions, we do have some Q&A sessions uh, booked for the next couple of months. So watch our social media and sign up for those. Now, remember, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.